So our spirit, which is perfect, made in the image of God, must shape our soul so our soul begins to conform to the image of God. And then our body and our finances and our relationships will all flow out of the condition of our soul shaping everything else. Happy New Year and welcome to another episode of Think Like a Champion, a podcast dedicated to helping you win in every way and enjoy every day. And I want to thank everyone who has written a review from last year, 2022, or you shared the podcast on social media. I appreciate you guys partnering with me and helping us expand our community of champions. That's what we're calling this. This is a community of champions. This podcast is called Think Like a Champion. It's evolved from our Wednesday night service at Life Changers to our moments, uh, experiences that we were having during COVID. And now here we are learning how to think like champions. And it's really been a great time. And this is our first podcast for 2023 of Think Like a Champion. And I want to start with what I think is the most important thing of our lives. And that is our identity. Our identity is everything. And unfortunately, knowing who we are is, uh, is a evolutionary process in our lives. And it's a very difficult process when there is trauma in your life. And so I'm dedicating the first week or two or month of 2023 to helping you heal from the trauma in your life that we all have. And we'll talk about where that comes from and how to heal it, because I believe that what's keeping so many people from their ultimate destiny and happiness and contentment and the purpose that they have in life is the trauma that is preventing them from truly discovering who they are and then calling forth that champion within into your everyday life. Identity is everything. Who am I? You know, this takes us back to a scripture that we launched when we launched, um, champion youth for young people, uh, which this has kind of uh, been what has birthed from champion youth into this for everybody, thinking like a champion. But um, we built that, that concept of champion youth from this verse in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 in the Message Bible, where it says, for it is only in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. It's only in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Now think about that, who we are and what we're living for. Most people are trying to find what they're living for. They're trying to find their reason for living. They're trying to find their purpose. They're trying to find their, their thing, their brand, their, you know, their, their vehicle to success, whatever that means. They're trying to find out what they're living for. And you can't find out what you're truly living for. You can't truly live for the thing that you're created for until you know who you are. That's why he says it in that order in Ephesians 1.11 to find out it's only in Christ that we find out who we are, number one, and then what we're living for, number two. And in fact, what we're living for can be many things, but who we are can't be many things. We have to identify truly who we are and when we understand our identity, from that will flow. Whatever it is in life that you want to achieve or accomplish, nothing will be impossible to the man or woman who knows who they are. 
and who discovers who they are. And only in Christ can you truly discover who you really are. So we'll talk about that. And so um, this is where everything in life starts. Every good thing in life starts. Contentment, happiness. You know, we say happy new year. We say happy birthday. We say happy this, happy that. And yet people aren't happy. There's a lack of contentment in our lives no matter what the new year brings, no matter what a new season brings. Contentment does not come from exterior circumstances. Happiness does not come from exterior circumstances. Contentment, happiness comes from fostering the thing inside of you that cannot be taken from you. There are things in our lives on the outside that can be taken from us. There are things that we can lose. There are things that we can uh, uh, fail at. There are things that we can that can be actually taken from us, stolen from us. But there are a few things that cannot be taken from you. And what are those things? Because contentment comes from feeding and fostering those things that cannot be taken from you. Why should we feed and foster something that can be taken from us? We should feed and foster the part of us and the thing about us that cannot be taken from us. So what cannot be taken from you? There's three things that I would say here, and, and then we'll get into some of the healing of trauma as well. But there are three things that cannot be taken from you. Number one, your beautiful soul. You're created in God's image and you're created to be beautiful. And inside of you is sheer beauty. Your soul is sheer beauty. It's, it might be damaged, it might be broken, but God can heal it and it's beautiful even when it's broken when it's in the right person's hands, you know, when it's in God's hands. But this can't be taken away from you. Your soul is, is eternal. It will live forever. It will never die. It's indestructible. Your soul is indestructible. And that's why it is the thing that we should, that we should find contentment from, find happiness from, feeding and fostering our beautiful soul that cannot be taken from us, our beautiful soul that nobody can truly destroy. Life can damage it, we can damage it, the devil can damage it, people can damage it, but nobody can destroy it. It's indestructible, your beautiful soul. Number two, your identity. By the way, back to soul for a second, So you're, just so we know what we're defining here. The soul is the mind to think, the heart to feel, and the will to to decide, the mind to think, the heart to feel, and the will to decide. And as we go into this new year, I really want to encourage you that identity is everything and fostering or contentment comes from fostering the things that cannot be taken away from you. Number one, your beautiful soul, how you think, how you feel, and how you decide or the power to decide. Number two, uh, what cannot be taken from you is your identity. And this is what we're talking about. This is what we're going to drill down on. Your identity cannot be taken from you. It can be, it can be veiled. It can be hidden. It can be buried underneath so much uh, pain and scar tissue in your soul and in your heart. But your identity cannot be taken from you. It can simply be awakened, developed, and then discovered. Dis awakened, discovered, and developed. And it's powerful how your soul can, or how your identity can be discovered and then developed because that's when you become 
a blessing to the people in your life. That's when you become a gift to this world. You know, some people in life, they're, they're, they're really not a gift to this world. Some people are a pain in the butt. Some people are really trouble for us in our lives. But our goal is to be somebody that is a gift to this world, to develop our beautiful soul, to develop our identity so that we can uh, be a gift to this world. And then the third thing that can't be taken from you is your empathy. And this is what I refer to as this non-judgmental um, mentality or mindset that you, empathy is one of the great gifts that God gives us, the ability to, to, to put ourselves in another person's situation and to be able to imagine ourselves in another person's situation and be able to let them know that they're not alone, to let them know that you're not judging them, to let them know that even though you, you'll never fully understand what they're experiencing, you, they're not alone in it. See, that's what empathy is. We'll talk about that. We'll drill down on that more another time because empathy is something that will make you successful in your, in your own personal life and in your family, if you have a family, and in your job, in your business. The empathy is what a, what a great, beautiful part of our life that cannot be taken from us. Again, nobody can rob you and steal your empathy. You can decide whether to foster it and to develop it or whether to leave it um, dormant where it's not affecting you and affecting other people in a positive way. But empathy, the ability to feel for others, to have, um, to, to have a, a sense of understanding that somebody somebody's experience, somebody's trauma, somebody's um, something that has happened in their life, either their success or their failure, is, that you can identify with them and you can have a humble attitude towards them and you can celebrate with them or, or weep with them. That's empathy. It's being non-judgmental and truly being present in, a, in another person's life where they find strength from your presence, even if you don't know how to figure out what's going on and how to fix it, the situation, just your presence. There's power in your presence when you're non-judgmental, when you have empathy. Um, now, these, these are things, so these three things that cannot be taken from you, this is what we should be feeding. This is what we should be fostering. This is what we should be pouring our time and energy into developing and cultivating these things in our life. Um, the, the, the beautiful soul that you have, the identity as a son or daughter of God that you have, and the non-judgmental empathy that you can deploy at any time. These are, these are things that no one can take from you, and it's up to you to develop and cultivate them. And sometimes they're like, they're like uh, small, um, tender, fragile plants in your, inside of you, right? They're, they're, they're tender, they're, they're fragile plants that sometimes get dumped on. And if we would realize that the seeds of our beautiful soul, the seeds of our identity, the seeds of our empathy are already inside of us, we would realize that no matter what people do to us, no matter what life dumps on us, no matter what people dump on us, no matter what, you know, how much fertilizer we take, so to speak, you know, people, the people that treat us poorly, when life treats us poorly, it dumps on us. And we need to treat that like, like fertilizer, 
treat it like manure. Treat it like what actually, instead of feeling like, oh, they're burying me, this person's burying me with their crap, this person's burying me, this thing's burying me, instead you should see it as they're fertilizing your soul. Your soul. You're, they're fertilizing your empathy. They're fertilizing your identity. They're fertilizing the seeds of who you really are and those precious things that no one can take from you. So when somebody dumps on you and, um, and somebody mistreats you, instead of seeing yourself as a victim of their mistreatment, embrace what they've done to you as fertilizer to help your seeds and your plants of of empathy and identity and your beautiful soul, let those grow as a result of the fertilizer that's, uh, that's, that's, that's dumped on you, if you will. So this, is, this will really help you to, to turn life around and see yourself at the advantage, see yourself at an advantage rather than a disadvantage. You see, psychology can't develop your beautiful soul. It can't develop your... Your, your true identity. It can't develop your true empathy. It can, it can give you knowledge and information, but personality tests and these types of things cannot reveal who you really are. The, the Bible tells us that we can know who we are by knowing whose we are. It starts by knowing whose we are. We, we are his. We are his beloved. We are his sons and we are God's sons and daughters. We are our heavenly father's sons and daughters. We're his family. See, this, this, this deep sense of identity is what will lead to success in life. This deep sense of identity will lead to security in an insecure world. It'll lead to a sense of confidence in a world that, it, that feels inferior. It'll lead to a sense of faith and love rather than the fear that so many people are motivated by. And when you, when you battle for your identity, the, you see... Your battle is not with people. Your battle is not with life's circumstances. Your battle is with yourself to fight for your true identity and to, and to, to develop that core person that is truly you. And that is a evolution. That is a evolving thing. You're, you and I are deeply complex people. We evolve. We are spirit, soul, and body. You know, I love this verse that is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and it says, now may the God of peace sanctify you whole. He says, may the God of peace sanctify you whole, and may he complete you spirit, soul, and body. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole Self, your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. What a powerful promise. He says, God is the God of peace, and he himself is setting you apart and making you whole and making you complete, and he will complete you. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved, he says, that's where we discover in this passage, one of the places we discover that man is three-dimensional, spirit, soul, and body. Uh, many, you know, like animals are two-dimensional. They, they have a, a soul and a body, but they don't have the same spirit that we have, which is our intimate person 
intimate personal relationship with God as his children. And we, we have the, we have the, we're made of these three parts, spirit, soul, and body. What we need to do in, in, in order to, um, in order to, to discover our identity and heal our trauma is we have to realize that the spirit shapes the soul and the soul shapes everything else in our lives. The spirit, the, the, the real you, the intuition, the, the, the connector, the part of you that connects with God, your spirit that is recreated in the image of God, your spirit is to shape your soul. Your soul is your mind, right? Your, your, your heart, your mind, your, your mind to think, your heart to feel, your will to decide. So these, these aspects of our spirit, soul, and body need to feed each other, and they feed in the following way. The spirit shapes the soul, and then the soul shapes everything else. You know, our physical condition can be altered and shaped and refined and even healed by our soul being healthy and well and healed of trauma and healed of, of insecurity and the senses of inferiority. So our spirit, which is perfect, made in the image of God, must shape our soul so our soul begins to conform to the image of God and then our body and our finances and our relationships will all flow out of the condition of our soul shaping everything else. So, so many people want to get in good shape, physical shape and get good health in the new year, which I'm all for that. But if you don't, if you don't let your spirit shape your soul and your soul shape everything else, then you could lose weight this year, but you'll just go back eventually to the weight you were until you allow your soul to shape your body and your soul to be the driving force of your life rather than your physical comfort and the things that your body is constantly craving. You have to have your soul be in charge of the body. The mind must control the body rather than the body controlling the mind. And so if you want lasting results when you start a, do, a new diet or you start a an exercise program, or you start anything new, if you want it to last, it has to be shaped by your spirit feeding your soul, your soul feeding and shaping everything else, okay? Uh, defeat and failure and boredom and wandering in life, they come from an identity crisis. When we don't have a, a proper view of ourself. When Jesus came up out of the waters of baptism, we, he had not done a miracle yet. He had not healed anybody yet. He had not preached a sermon yet. He hadn't given the Beatitudes. He hadn't given the C or D or E or F attitudes either. He had not done any works for God at the time that he was, by the time he was baptized in water by his cousin, John the Baptist. And when he came up out of the waters of baptism, he heard a voice. Everybody around heard the voice too. A voice from heaven that said, you are my dearly loved son. You are my dearly beloved. You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. Mark chapter 1, verse 11 in the New Living Translation. You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. Now think about that. Everyone in this world is searching for affirmation, approval, and the, the stamp of somebody else's approval and affirmation. And in one sentence... 
we see our Heavenly Father giving Jesus that stamp of approval by saying, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. You say, well, I'm not bringing you might say, well, that doesn't relate to me because I'm not bringing God any great joy and I don't think I'm dearly loved by him. But you are dearly loved by him and you do bring him great joy because you're made in his image. You were created by him. You just don't know it yet. Maybe if that's what your struggle is, if you really think, well, that God could never be talking to me that way. God could never feel that way about me. That I can never have that kind of identity that Jesus had. But yet you do have that in God's eyes. You don't have that in Instagram's eyes. You don't have that in TikTok's eyes. But you have that in God's eyes. And that needs to matter more than any of those other things that give us affirmation, whether it's money, whether it's popularity, whether it's attention. A positive self-image a made in the image of God self image is the secret to success and victory in our lives. A made in the image of God sense of self worth and our sense of our self image, our sense of how we see ourselves in God's eyes is the secret to all success and victory that God has planned for you. So in the same way that Jesus received this affirmation and approval before he did anything for God. So in Mark chapter one, he didn't do anything for God yet. He hadn't done his miracles yet. He hadn't preached his, the gospel yet. He hadn't died for our sins yet. And yet, having not done any of those things, he still had God's approval. Yet you and me, we think still that we have to do things to get God's approval. And yet Jesus didn't do anything to get God's approval except to be born as the son of God. And when you get born again, you are made in the image. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And so you also, as a child of God, you also have the same approval that Jesus has been given by the Father. You say, well, but I make mistakes, I blow it, I fail, I, I'm flawed. And God knows that. That's why he gave you Jesus so that you could become a part of the family of God even though your imperfections make you feel flawed. God doesn't look at you in, as, a, as a flawed person. He doesn't look at you the way you look at you. He sees the bigger picture. He sees the end from the beginning. He sees that he will complete you until the day of Jesus Christ's return. He sees you in the completed project. He, he sees you fully whole, fully healed, fully well, fully complete. You only see a piece of what's going on in your life, but he sees the end from the beginning. He sees my future. He sees what I'll be like when I'm 60. He'll, he sees what I will be and what I will do by the time I'm 60, 70, 80, 90 years old. He sees all that. He knows all that. He's orchestrated all that. And my choices are simply going to move me closer to that picture and that image of who he created me to be or further away from that image based on the choices that I make, based on whether I'm going to align myself with God's opinion of me or this world's opinion and version of me. So in 2023, I want you to take the battle into this year and I want you to realize that the greatest battle is not for success. It's not for victory. It's not for popularity. Your greatest battle should be to fight for your true identity, to truly discover who you are 
so that you can discover what you're living for and truly identify with being a son or daughter of God. He calls us sons and daughters. He calls us more than conquerors. He calls us blessed. He calls us his princes and his princesses. He calls us kings and priests. He calls us the righteousness of God. He calls us a part of his royal family. If we will zero in on our true identity and then we will be able to heal our trauma because our trauma, the things that have happened to us, trauma can be, uh, it, can, it can come to us in many different in many different ways, but trauma is an emotional response to a terrible event that's happened in our lives. And we, we need to understand what trauma is. So we get it from an incident that happens in our lives. We get it where we, when we experience defeat in life, we, we, we feel tra- traumatized when, if we've been abused, we feel traumatized if we, if we have been violated in some way. And the reason why we stay traumatized is because we don't, we don't feel safe in uncovering our true self. We actually feel like what's, deep, what's buried deep inside is something that will shame us. And if people knew what was really deep inside of us, we would, they wouldn't like us and, they would, and, and we would be ashamed of ourselves if they saw the, the real monster inside of you. But God loves that monster inside of you. He, God knows what, what's going on inside of you. God knows, like we, we don't have to put on a front with God. He knows our deepest secrets and our deepest fears and our deepest shame and our deepest insecurities. And he loves us still. But the reason why so few people ever really heal from the trauma that they've, that they've that they've developed in their lives and that life has, has created in them is because we don't feel safe in being honest. We don't feel safe in being transparent. So we never, we never deal with the trauma because we're afraid if we deal with it and uncover it, it will uncover all the flaws and all the shame and all the insecurities in our own lives. That's why your identity means everything because your identity, when you understand you're a son or daughter of God, accepted and approved by him, that gives you the foundation from which you can now be honest and transparent about the fact that you were um, sexually molested as a child or you were beaten and physically abused by a, a relative or a parent or, or that you were raped or that you were, um, that, that you, you, grew up and your, your parents kept you, uh, kept you quiet and kept you asleep as a baby by, by pouring alcohol down your throat and, getting, and having your body just begin to create addictions. I'm just using simple examples that come to my mind of things that I know have happened to people and, and how people get addicted to things. And I, I have to get you to see that if you're going to if you're going to truly be healed of the unresolved trauma in your life and truly heal the, the things and the parts of you that cannot be taken away from you. So if you, if you have a beautiful soul, but it's damaged, the process should be to heal it, not to hide it. 
if you have you you do have a beautiful soul, but when it's damaged, you got to heal it. You do have a beautiful identity, but when it's broken and damaged and it's skewed by the way other people have made you see yourself, then you you have to get that healed. And if you you can't be you can't feel empathy for others because you don't feel any empathy has been shown towards you and you're living under the scar tissue of your pain. Therefore, you can't even you can't even help anybody else. So and you can't even can't even heal yourself and be happy, let alone help somebody else and start fulfilling your destiny by finding your purpose in serving others. You can't even step into that because of all the scar tissue and the trauma that is that is buried the beautiful pieces of you inside and has left them damaged. Beautiful, but damaged. Damaged, but beautiful. Broken, but beautiful. But God wants to heal all that. So let's pray. There's so much more I want to get into, some definitions of, of trauma and the kinds of traumatic events that have contributed to where you're at in your life. And we can begin to take the roof off our lives and begin to take the limits off of our lives when we can identify how to heal the trauma. Are you ready for that? Father, thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are our Father, you are Abba, you're our Daddy. We belong to you. We're your beloved. Every person connecting to me right now who has received Jesus into their life, they are, they are your beloved. They are your darling. They are, your, your, they are the apple of your eye. I pray that every person would begin to sense that and feel safe in who they are in Christ and feel safe in who they are as a son or daughter of God. I pray for that so that they can be healed of their trauma, that they would feel the safety of their identity so they can heal their insecurities and heal the, the, the damage that's been done through the trauma in their lives. In Jesus' name, I just activate healing. I speak healing and I speak recovery and restoration over your life in Jesus name. Amen. Well, we're going to pick this up right here, right from here and continue to think like a champion on our next podcast. But thank you for joining me. Please share this. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you for those of you who give. I want to invite you to pay it forward right now. Take a moment and give this is our Wednesday offering or our midweek offering or our podcast offering, whatever you want to, whenever you're watching this, wherever, you, wherever you're watching this. And I want to invite you to give. You, God can multiply any seed you sow, any seed you plant. So you can go to lifechangerschurch.com slash give and you can pay it forward, plant a seed, make a donation, uh, give, plant a seed and expect a harvest and help somebody else because we, we need to get this message out in every way that we possibly can to heal this broken generation and this broken culture that we're living in. And it's all something that God can fix and God can heal. So go to lifechangerschurch.com slash give and thank you in advance. And thank you for joining me today. I can't wait to see you on our next podcast. I can't wait to see you at our next church service. If you don't have a church family, go to lifechangerschurch.com. You can join our online campus anywhere in the world or one of our physical campuses. In, and we welcome you any way that you can come. You are a champion. We are a community of champions. And let's keep thinking like champions. We'll see you at our next podcast. God bless.